Before we start this episode, we need to pray together. We need to pray for the people who are being devastated by the war in Ukraine. This is a very tough time, very tough time, and we need God's supernatural intervention. I've heard stories of the way the Lord has has intervened already, but the terror that's going on, the war, uh, we need to pray together. And let's do that now, even before we start this episode. Heavenly Father, you are in charge. We don't doubt that. We know that you are in control of this universe. You're in control of this world, and we rely on you. I pray for the people in Ukraine who are being devastated, devastated every day, right now, even as we pray, and we pray for your rescue. We pray for your mercy. We pray for your favor. We pray for peace. We pray for them. We pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, that through this they would come to know you. We pray for those who do know you, that you would use them as a light to those around them. And God, I pray you would strengthen them and encourage them. Lord, as I read Psalm 113, just an affirmation of your sovereignty. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. O Lord, we do come to you and ask for your mercy and your grace and your strength and your power. May it be on display for the people in Ukraine right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this week's episode. And when I saw verses like Jesus would look at his disciples and he said, No longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. And I've heard sermons on that. I understood that passage in scripture, but I didn't understand it in my heart. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number 18. And here's what's coming up. A little rock and roll. Well, a a rock anyway. Friendship with God and a guest who has discovered that awesome relationship. Fresh bread for fresh faith. And a quiz question about friendship. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. And I'm John Fugler on the exit ramp of the Performance Christianity Highway. An author of a devotional series called Your Life with God. A husband, father, and grandfather of eight. And most importantly, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You can find that in Philippians 3.8. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. Ah, it is good to be back. I'm telling you, I've been away for a couple weeks. You might not know it. I mean, the podcast was here. got those done in advance, but I went to Colorado. My wife and I, we watched our grandkids, uh, three of them, for a week. She watched over a week, and I did a little bit less than a week. And I'm happy to report to you that uh, nobody went to the emergency room. Praise God. <laughs> That's what we say every time. You just, you never know what's going to happen when you're, when you're in charge. And, uh, and I also have to say, I did beat my almost 12-year-old grandson in ping pong, but it took overtime barely beat him. He reminded me he's not 12 yet, so he's 11 and almost beat me, but <laughs> I did beat him, and we had a great time uh, uh, watching our our 14-year-old granddaughter lead lead worship at church, and that was, that was really cool. So we're back here. Uh, spent some time in Nashville, Tennessee, where we had the annual Christian media uh, convention that was there and met a lot of people and reinvigorated in friendships and 
So a lot of great things going on in ministry, so that's good. But I tell you, glad to be back home (laughs) at solid spot, right? That solid ground. We all know what that's like, don't we? Hey, I got a question for you. Do you need inspiration in the morning? Are you one who needs inspiration in the morning? Some Something to point you to Christ as you start the day? Then please sign up for my Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith devotional. It's a quick 60-second read that will help, help you look to the Word as soon as you pop out of bed. Or maybe it's the warm-up for your quiet time. And I deliver it to you hot and fresh three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday mornings. Again, it's called Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith, a simple biblical devotional thought to start your day. I can't provide you coffee, but I can give you a slice of fresh bread. And maybe you can toast it too. Uh, You sign up through the link in the show notes or go to freshfaith247.com. And in the menu, you just click Fresh Bread. It's a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. The past two weeks, we had a great conversation with Dave and Jan Dravecki. I mean, powerful. They, they shared their difficult cancer journey and how God met them in an amazing way. And these two episodes are, are powerful for someone going through cancer. Also, if, if you're wondering how you can minister to someone with cancer, listen to part one of that interview. That's two weeks ago. Uh, one of our listeners, in fact, wrote to me after she heard it and said, I loved Dave's Be There section. There are times I just don't know what to say to people, but it's great to hear that you just have to be there and let the person vent or just talk with them about other things that are on their hearts. A little nugget from that, and I encourage you to go back and listen, check out those past two episodes. By the way, if this podcast is having an impact on your life, please hit the share button. Let your friends know about Fresh Faith in Real Life. You'll be doing me a big favor, and you'll also be doing a favor for your friend. Just hit the share button, or if you're listening on the website, copy the link, send it off. Uh, Speaking of friends, we're talking about a topic I've been wanting to dive into for a few weeks. I've been waiting for this one, and I tracked our guest down. He's going to share about friendship with God. And when it comes to knowing Christ, this whole concept A friendship with God is really key, so stay tuned for that interview. But first, let's back up and and think about friendship. Let's set the table here. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to shout out the first thought that comes to mind, okay? Uh, You might get a few looks if you're listening in public, so shout it out in your head. (laughs) If you're alone, go ahead and shout it out. You ready? You're going to have an answer right away. I just know you will. So here's the question, the big question. This is the quiz for the day. (laughs) And there's no wrong answer, I don't think. And the question is this. Ready to shout it out? Who was your best friend growing up? Okay, you shouted out that name. You know, I mean, we all know that. Someone comes to mind. And so why is that friend your best friend? Why did that person come to mind immediately? Uh, For a number of reasons, I'm sure. And I bet you're smiling as you're, you're replaying some of the times that you had together. There's reasons. You had some experiences together. So you think about that best friend. Maybe I should have a contest for the best friendship story. That's an idea. <laughs> uh, might do that. Well, um, here's a friendship story for you. I, I I've got to tell this story. It's about my best friend growing up. He and I. His name is Matt. And a group of us had nicknames, and he'd kill me if I told you his. When he left high school for college, he left that nickname behind, and he was not known as that nickname person. But Matt and I did everything together. Everything. I mean, sports, and uh, we played army out in the yard, and we did all sorts of things. Uh, Games, board games. We started a board game baseball league, but here's one of the adventures that is classic, okay? Remember the old, I think they're still around, the Brock's candy, they were square candies that you went to the grocery store, and I think they were in a bin, different kinds, and you get to take them out, put them in a bag, and they go weigh them, and then you pay for them. We love Brock's candy, especially those caramels, you know? I think they're still out there, but we loved them, so we would sneak to the grocery store. 
Uh, this was a stealth operation. Matt and I, we snuck, uh, uh, we went down the street, went behind houses along one of the main streets our parents would drive on. And then we'd get to the store and we had to run across the street. There was one time that we got caught because our parents were in that grocery store or they drove by or something. But man, we I thought it took an hour to get there. It was probably 20 minutes. Oh, it was five miles. It was, I think, one or half a mile. But we snuck through the backyards. We crawled along the ground. We made it to the grocery store. We got our candy. We paid for it. And then we had to sneak back and get that home. And we had to make sure nobody knew about this candy. Our parents didn't know because this was, we weren't supposed to be in this going down to the store. It was, it was beyond where we were, were allowed to go, our, our boundaries. And, and so we snuck it into the garage, my garage, and there was the candy. There was the candy. And then Matt and I go out and play in the front yard. And we had what we called a secret club a secret organization of two, Matt and me. And it was the Candy for Us secret organization. Candy for Us secret organization. We were sharp, I'll tell you. And the acronym for that was CAFUSO. C-F-U-S-O. CAFUSO, Candy for Us secret organization. So we would be out in the front yard playing together and one of us would shout out, CAFUSO! And we would dash into the garage. We'd sprint in there. We'd get a couple pieces of candy. We'd eat it. And so it's great. And then we'd go back out front and play. We did this over and over again. We even had a song. Um, Noonie was asking me if I was going to sing the song. And uh, it was a really complex song. Candy for us, secret organization. Candy for us, secret organization. Okay, <laughs> you think I'm crazy, right? But you had crazy stories too, so tell me about it. Tell me about your crazy story of friendship with your best friend. Matt and I had so many times together. That was just one of them, and I'm dying when I think about it. Oh, and uh, when he got married, I sent him a whole jar of Brock's candy because that was one of the greatest memories we had. So send me your story, your best friend's story. Would you do that? Uh, and if I can share it here, let me know. I will. You can reach me through the link in the show notes, or you can tweet me at John Fugler or John at FreshFaith247.com is my email. Oh, now we got to turn the corner. <laughs> we do. The this podcast is all about getting to know Jesus. So don't you feel you know Jesus much better after that story? <laughs> uh, we have fun here, okay? The Christian life is fun. But the way we get to know Jesus on this podcast is in a number of ways. A big part is through our guests, and our guests today will help you get there. And what they reveal about their own Christ journey. We learn about Jesus. We learn about how to relate to him more intimately. I go back to our theme verse, Philippians 3, 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I, I just mentioned a few moments ago the Fresh Bed for Fresh Faith devotional emails. And on this podcast, we have our Fresh Bread segment, and it's another way to get to know Jesus every week. And this week, it's all about Jesus, my rock. So let's go right into our, our fresh bread segment here. Diving from friendship, best friendship to our, <laughs> we're, we're getting there for friendship with God, but Jesus, my rock. Rocks are mentioned throughout the Bible, and they often symbolize strength, protection, and stability. And David expressed it this way in 2 Samuel 22.3. He said, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield. And he says later in the chapter, in verse 47, the Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. You know, the Psalms, they're filled with statements about God as our rock. As we read them, they just build our confidence. Let me just share three of them with you here. And as I go along, I know you're going to be uplifted. Okay, here's Psalm 18 too. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
in their Psalm 89, 26. You are my Father, my God, and the Rock, capital R, of my salvation. Psalm 31, 2. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. And then there's an exclamation point there. People in the Old Testament may not have realized it, but Jesus was their rock. As they looked to God, their rock, that rock was Jesus too. For he is God and he's existed for all time. In fact, uh, Paul wrote about that. He tells us about the Israelites in the wilderness in, in 1 Corinthians 10, where he says, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus is your rock in two ways, physically and spiritually. In the Psalms I read, uh, think about that, and there were there are some key words surrounding rock, like refuge, shield, fortress, deliverer, stronghold, rescue. Jesus is here for you in this world. So if you're facing fears, anxiety, uncertainty, instability, or the unknown, my friend, your rock is Jesus, and he's your shield. He's your stronghold. He's your rescuer. Whatever you're facing in this world, Jesus is here with you. As we look back on Psalm 31, David cried out these words, Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. Do you need to be saved from something that's plaguing you right now? Oh, turn to Jesus, your rock. Then there's the spiritual side. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He saved us from eternal destruction and separation from God. Praise the Lord for that. While the Old Testament followers saw God as the rock of their salvation, Jesus made it much more real to us. We have a personal Savior who walked this earth and went to the cross on our behalf. This salvation, it's, it's clearly on display through Jesus. So let me encourage you to take a few minutes to spend time in Psalm 31. That's Psalm 31. Maybe your next quiet time. Psalm 31. And whatever your pain, the Lord, the rock, is here for you. Jesus, my rock, in this life and in the life to come. Ah, Some awesome thoughts about that. Again, Psalm 31. Go there. Spend some time in it. And remember, if you'd like some fresh Bread, a slice of fresh bread from the Word of God three days a week. Go ahead and sign up for my Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith devotional. It's really quick, just 60-second read to get you started for the day. Our guest this week has become an evangelist for a cause I think every believer needs to consider, and that is friendship with God. In fact, it's so close to his heart that he wrote a book by that title. I grabbed the book after I heard him speak, and I finished the book in a week. Then I said, I need to get this guy in the podcast. My listeners need to hear his message. And in the book that I've got in my hand right now, he he writes about how to experience freedom from paralyzing fear, how to live securely in God's love, how to walk in peace and be present with those around you, and something we dove into more how to stay relationally connected to God as you read the Bible. I think we're all guilty of reading the Bible as a textbook sometimes, aren't we? Mm -hmm. But God is in the Bible. (laughs) There is life in that word, the word of God. Uh, By the way, I'll put a link to the book in the show notes because I encourage you to get it. It's one of my recommended resources. Jamie Moore is his name, and he he loves the theology and ministry of A.W. Tozer. He has a passion to help others grow in deep friendship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's also a pastor and a black belt, so watch out. (laughs) Better not ever tell him you don't like his sermons, (laughs) and I didn't. Uh, I first heard Jamie preach at his church in Cincinnati, and uh, thank you, Stan and Pam Lincoln, friends of ours, former missionaries, uh, for connecting me with Jamie Uh, We had a great conversation, so let's hear it. Jamie, thank you for carving out the time to spend with us. I'm so glad to be here, John. Thank you. Tell us, 
how this this book has come out of your of your life. Yeah, I mean that is exactly where the book came from. It came from my experience and my walking with God. I, I grew up with parents that were missionary parents. I was a pastor's kid, preacher's kid, missionary kid. I've I've really not known life outside of church and God and Christianity. Um, but I realized I've I've realized over the course of my life that I've had these moments where I begin to understand, oh, it's not just my parents' relationship with God. Oh, it's my relationship with God. And then all of a sudden, it, I began to understand, oh, God is not an abstract thing or, or uh, power out there, but actually the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are relational. The, tri- the triune God is relational, and he has always been relational. And he wanted to be in relationship with me, so much so that Jesus came to die on the cross to cover my sin. And, um, and bring me into right relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when I saw verses like Jesus would look at his disciples and he said, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. And I've heard sermons on that. And I've, you know, I understood that passage in scripture, but I didn't understand it in my heart. And so I began to go on a journey. And really Jesus was, was drawing me in to understand that my current experience of him as abstract and distant was part of the problem in my life. So you're, you're saying that you came to the Lord, been living, the, living as a Christian, but it, it didn't connect this, this friendship and relationship part. Um, you say, in fact, the first sentence in your book is this. You say, you were created to enjoy God and be his friend. <laughs> so for you, I guess that took some time. Um, what, what was your process? I mean, where did you stand? Did you think you had a good relationship with God before you, you really made this discovery? I thought that I had a good relationship with God when I was behaving well, mm. when, I didn't have, when I wasn't committing sin or I wasn't, you know, egregiously disobeying God in some sort of way, but I never experienced like that intimacy of friendship with him. And um, it really was a process of going to the word and experiencing, practicing his presence and hearing him say over me in the word and by the Holy Spirit, hearing him say, I'm your friend. I love you. And there's something to knowing the love of God in your head and then experiencing the love of God in your heart. And I think that began to, uh, to transition and shift for me. And so, you know, I think another way to talk about friendship is to talk about being loved by God and really understanding that, that he really loves us. He actually likes us and wants to be with us. So um, it started in scripture. I just started to see in scripture, God with us. I mean, that's Emmanuel. Christ is God with us. And you, you, you can see from Genesis to Revelation that he wants to be with us. And if that's the, one of the overarching themes of scripture, I guess it's pretty important. And so, um, you know, it wasn't purely academic. Like I just studied the scriptures and, and then eventually I got it. It was the word and the spirit of God as well, kind of revealing that not just to my mind, but to my heart. And you're one who's been in, in Christian work in the church for years and years. You knew scripture, you, you knew those facts, but I, I, I'll keep pressing into you on this is you knew it, but you didn't know it in your heart. Right. What changed? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, some of it was some of what changed for me is I got to get around other people that understood friendship with God. And there's something about being around someone else that's on fire for the Lord. Uh, A.W. Tozer has been a, a big influence in my life. And he would call these people the fellowship of the burning heart. Mm. And then when you get around them, their heart is so on fire for Jesus. You start to get all, you know, you get worked up and warmed up yourself. So I think part of it was I would see other people in their relationship with the Lord. And, and they were describing intimacy and friendship with the Lord in a way that I didn't understand. So it's probably a little bit of holy jealousy in that, you know, I'm like, Hey, if this person is experiencing that, I I want to experience that as well. And I think also just the goodness of the father to continually and faithfully say to me, I love you. I love you. And I I think his, his, the father's pursuit of me and faithful pursuit of me uh, was, was huge in this, um, in me discovering sort of friendship with God. So if you didn't see God as your friend, how did you see God? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw him the way a lot of Christians see God, unfortunately, is that he's the creator. He's kind of mad at me. Uh, and good thing I got Jesus. So he'll sort of stop being mad at me for a little bit. But then when I mess up, he's mad at me again. Um, I think I saw God as um, impatient um, and sort of like grudgingly accepting me. And then stories like the prodigal son, when Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, I begin to see, oh, actually, he is a father who delights in his kids, that loves us and, and, and draws us. And when, when the father saw the prodigal son heading back home, the father is running to the son to embrace the son. Stories like that and, the, and, the, and this teaching of Jesus begin to slowly break down uh, these uh, wrong concepts of God because God, the God of, of Christianity, the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jesus, Jesus the God, um, he is not angry uh, with us by grace through faith. So uh, I think that's how I was seeing him before, is that he, he loved me because he sort of had to, and he was kind of just uh, putting up with me. Let me get down to the nuts and bolts and just ask, when you began to become God's friend and God was your friend and, uh, and seeing it that way, how did your life change? What difference did it really make? Um, I think that subtitle in the book uh, of the title of the book is some of the change. So um, peace, I experienced peace. I experienced identity and I experienced purpose. I mean, those were the, the three things that were changing in my life because I began to understand, oh, I, I'm actually a fairly anxious person. I, I've experienced a lot of anxiety in my life. And I begin to experience, oh, he's the Prince of Peace. I was actually, when I started thinking about this and, and walking in friendship, I realized, oh, if one of my friends is the Prince of Peace and we're hanging out, I should be actually experiencing peace, not anxiety or fear. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that changed was, was peace. I began to experience his peace and his presence. I mean, we've got passages that say in his presence is full joy. Mm. This is real. I mean, this is real stuff. So when you're walking with somebody who is the Prince of Peace and he's full of joy, uh, you that is uh, residual. It gets on you. So peace, identity. I begin to see myself the way he saw me, the way the father saw me, rather than the way my parents might have seen me or the way I see myself or ways somebody who said something really hurtful to me, the way I thought they saw me, I begin to uh, experience identity based off of what the Father, Son, and Spirit said, rather than what others people said. And then purpose. I started to experience, oh, he wants to do stuff with me. Just like any good friend, friends like to do stuff together. And I realized, oh, uh, I am his workmanship, Ephesians 2. I've been created in Christ for good works that have been plans before creation. So he has plans for me. And so I, I now have purpose to walk with him in these things. So mm. I think those are the main things like peace, identity, purpose. These are the main things that were changing in my life. I like what you said. I think uh, he likes to do stuff with me. <laughs> That's good. I love that. And I, you're going back to the word. Uh, since we started talking here, you're always going back to the word. Uh, and there's a chapter in your book about uh, relationship and, and how we study the word. Mm -hmm. uh, unpack that a little bit for us, because I'm still thinking, yeah, we can have this academic knowledge. We can have our quiet time during the day in the morning. And, and then we, we've got it all up here, but it doesn't make it down into our heart and out through our life. And there, the relationship isn't there. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it is a huge thing. I mean, if you grow up in sort of, uh, in, in, sort of typical uh, Christian circles. We all hear about, we need to do our quiet time. We need to read the word. I would read the Bible cover to cover, cover Genesis to Revelation every single year. I did it. I've done it for decades. And for many of those years, I was just reading it just to check it off the list. You know, I got my three chapters I'm going to do, or maybe I'll do my Psalm proverb and, you know, um, and I was just doing it just to check it off the list. But I begin to understand one, this is boring. I was just, um, just to be straight, it was boring because I was just reading, just reading these words just to fulfill an obligation. But when I began to understand that Jesus has inspired this text, he has put his spirit inside of me. And when I'm opening the text, the, the spirit of God is actually given. Jesus says he will, he will bring to remembrance everything I've said. He's the teacher. So I begin to understand, oh, 
I can actually open the Bible and then I have the spirit of the living God who will actually teach me from the Bible. So things started to come alive uh, in the text. And so I found myself saying, okay, rather than just reading the Bible as an academic exercise, I want to read the Bible relationally with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I gave an example in the book, which I think is helpful of, you know, if my wife wrote love letters to me and I just took these love letters and I made a commitment, I'm going to read all these love letters, you know, through every single year. And I just bring her out, you know, for 15 minutes. And she's, you know, she's in a closet somewhere. I just bring her out for 15 minutes and I read these love letters out loud while she sits there for 15 minutes. And then I push her back in the closet and then I go about my day. That shows that I don't understand the purpose of the love letters for my wife. Mm. But the purpose of the love letters was a relationship between Jess and I. The purpose of the word of God, the Bible, is relational. That I get to understand what he's like. He's teaching me what I'm supposed to be like. And we actually get to read this word together. So I began to approach a quiet time, Bible reading, Bible study as a dynamic relational experience with a friend rather than an academic experience with a, you know, ancient text. Well, take us into your quiet time. Now we want to go into your favorite, your favorite chair, wherever you have your quiet time. And yeah. uh, tell us how that, how this plays out. How, how do you have your quiet time different than the way it used to be? Right. I'm, I'm still doing reading. I'm still reading through the Bible. I mean, I, I think this, this is important stuff. So um, for me, it's, it has a lot to do with like mindset when I enter into, okay, I'm, I'm going to start my quiet time. I've got my coffee and the, the house is quiet. It's dark. And I'm there and I have the word before I just open up the word and I'm just starting reading and quote unquote, doing my quiet time. I'm really spending some time with the Lord just to acknowledge his presence with me. Mm. And so some, some exercises that I've used in the past is I might even, you know, look over and, and see a chair that's empty and acknowledge that hey, Jesus is here with me. Jesus, the, my creator, my savior, my friend is here with me. So rather than just jump into the text, I'm, I'm sort of acknowledging the fact that the triune God is here with me. And it's such a big, it's such a big thing because we're so busy. We get distracted. We're very highly visual people. You know, we're focused on what we can see. Um, and so just taking just a little bit of time to address Jesus and even just say something simple like, Jesus, I'm so glad that you are here with me. I'm glad that I have another day uh, to, to be breathing, to be living. I thank you for this opportunity. And I'm glad that you're here with me. And I may even address the Holy Spirit as well and the Father. And just acknowledge the presence of God rather than just jumping into the text. And then once I'm in the text, once I'm reading, I'm looking for the when the text jumps up at you. You know, like you can read the same text 100 times. And then on the 101st time, you know, the text all of a sudden jumps up off the page at you. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for where is the Holy Spirit highlighting something for me from the text? So it's almost like a hunt. I'm searching. I'm, I'm listening, listening to what Jesus is saying while I read the word. I'm, I'm trying to engage relationally and not just academically. Um, and then once something is highlighted, I'm assuming that uh, the triune God wants to say something to me about this particular passage. So once something has been highlighted, then I'm, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to ask questions. Is it, what, is the, what does this passage have to do with me? Is there some sin in my life? Are you wanting me to change and adjust? Are you showing this to me so that I can share this truth with someone later today? I'm just asking those kinds of questions. So it feels more like I've got somebody in the room, Jesus, reading the text with me. And he wrote the text. So we're having a conversation um, as we read the text together. Um, so, you know, in many ways, prayer and Bible reading is all happening at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Jesus and listening to Jesus while I'm reading the text. And so rather than, you know, pray for five minutes and then read your Bible for 15 minutes and then make your intercession, you know, which all those things are, I think those are good disciplines I've just found that um, I did those for years and it didn't work. And once I started thinking about these disciplines relationally, um, really my, my devotional life really came alive. Well, that's a huge uh, mindset shift. And yet it's so simple. I mean, it's not like, it's not like the eight steps to changing your relationship with God, but you're saying, start with a mindset Yeah, and it opens a door. Yeah. And the Holy spirit can begin to move. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you, you explain that so well, and you go into detail to it in chapter seven of your book, uh, Friendship with God. And I would encourage our listeners to pick up a copy and read it, and um, it, it'll affect your life. It really will. Now I need some counseling, Jamie. I've had a good quiet time. <laughs> I've, I've had that relational time with the Lord. I'm feeling really good as I head into the day. And for some reason, it's almost I leave Jesus in that chair and yeah. I go out into my day. And I know you address that in your book, but counsel me personally, since I have you face to face here, how do I keep that relationship going during the day instead of leaving Jesus back in the quiet time chair? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a huge, I mean, this is a huge question. I think you're, you're hitting on something really big. And obviously brother Lawrence, the practice of the presence of God is all about this topic. So I just encourage your listeners, if they haven't read that book, the practice of the presence of God by brother Lawrence. And, and the idea is not to be perfect. And I think that's a really important thing. Like if our expectation is I'm going to be feeling some euphoric connection to Jesus that feels like it's at a 10 for 24 hours of the day, I think we're, I think we're getting ourselves in trouble. My, my perspective is anytime the Holy Spirit reminds me, Hey, where are you, Jamie? <laughs> then I'm going to take that opportunity to say, okay, what am I doing? Have I even thought about Jesus being a part of this activity? So let's say I'm getting ready to walk into a staff meeting. I want to just center myself and just think, Jesus, will you come and be a part of this thing? So maybe think about it as, before I start a new activity, before I engage in a new conversation with someone, before I have a meal with someone, before I walk into staff meeting, uh, before I you know, go to check something off my, my to-do list, I'm just asking, I'm asking myself, I'm asking Jesus, wait, is Jesus a part of what's happening here? Have, have, I, have I submitted this to him? And to not feel too, um, to not feel too bad about it may be an hour that goes by. We're not thinking about Jesus. Well, hey, that, that sometimes that happens. But I would rather um, I would rather be brought back to the presence of the Lord and miss it for an hour um, than miss it for all day for eight straight hours. Mm-hmm. One simple practice, and I mentioned this in the book, is um, I got into a habit of just setting a timer on my clock on my uh, phone that would go off every hour. I've done it in different increments. There are seasons where I, I wanted it every 30 minutes. And it's just, you're just building a reflex. You're building a, a rhythm. Um, and over time, you begin to, to function that way more regularly. I don't have that alarm on anymore, uh, but it, it was a practical thing that I put in, into place. So just thinking about everything that you're doing and before you start something or stop something, you're just wanting to, to bring Jesus into that mix. So it's almost like a trigger. There could be certain things in your life. Uh, of course, the alarm going off on your phone, that's a trigger, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, starting something or stopping something, and maybe there are other things that we do every time we open our email, maybe that's a trigger right. <laughs> um, these days. Anytime we check our social media. <laughs> um, right. So is that the kind of thing that? Absolutely. And also, Let's be honest. I think also your emotions can be triggers for you. So mm. when I'm anxious and I'm getting all hot and and you, you mentioned social media, let's be honest. I mean, that is one of the most angst ridden places on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in, in your hand all the time. Right. Um, when, when I start to feel sort of anxious or angsty and, and frustrated, um, I, I've been asking the Holy Spirit to remind me, okay, something's wrong with my heart in this moment. And so I'll actually use negative emotion or, or um, so, some sort of elevated anger or frustration or anxiety. I will actually use that as a trigger to go, obviously I'm not practicing the presence of the Lord right now. Obviously I'm not practicing the Prince of Peace in my life because I'm having this anxiety. So I think another trigger could be um, negative emotions like that. Anxiousness and frustration and anger and sort of that sense of dis-ease and and uh, where all is not well in my life and I'm not experiencing that sort of that peace that passes all understanding. So uh, I'm not perfect at that. And I, and I want to make sure everyone hears that. Uh, I'm not perfect at that at all, but I have found, Hey, when I'm anxious, it probably means I'm not practicing the presence of the Lord. Hmm. So I need to, I need to now put my mind back towards him um, and, uh, and not sort of cycle with this, this, these anxious thoughts in my mind. 
how is this, uh, I asked you this earlier, how is your life different now? And you, you, uh, explained that, but, um, how, what would your wife say? Yeah. <laughs> Amy, it's different now in what ways? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the peace thing is a big deal. Um, when I'm walking with the Lord during the day, I experience his peace. And, um, and when I'm ministering with people or when I'm preaching or when I'm praying for people, they are experiencing his tangible peace. So um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. You become like the people you hang out with. You talk like the people you hang out with. You, you know, if, if you've got a best friend, and I think you've probably experienced this, I've experienced this. I hang out with somebody and let's say I spend, you know, all week, all weekend with them. And, and you're developing that relationship, you sound, you start to sound like them and talk like them and, and, and live like them. And um, I, I can honestly say um, I've experienced more peace and just a, a sense of stillness and calmness. I've also experienced more joy. I've realized Jesus is not angry and he's not, you know, rustling, rubbing his hands together, worried about everything that's going on. He's actually, uh, he's actually very joyful. And so I've experienced more joy in my life. Um, I got a friend who said, he told me, and I've been saying this to others, is that uh, seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit. But joy <laughs> is, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's the reason like kids love Jesus. I mean, kids were coming up to Jesus because kids don't like to be around people that are grumpy and serious. Kids like to be around people that are joyful. And so I think those are the main things, like those tangible things, peace, joy, um, and a rooted sense of my identity that I'm really, really loved by the father. Uh, what, what are you hearing from people who've been reading the book and neat that you're a pastor because you get to have people come right up to you and talk to you and then you get emails, I'm sure. But how is this having an effect on their lives? Where, where are people today in this yeah. book is impacting them? Yeah. yeah. I get emails regularly from people. And of course I don't, I don't know them. They, they just get my email and they'll email me. I think I put my email in the book. So I'm just saying, Hey, if this is impacting you, email me. I want to hear what's happening. That's where I got your email. And oh, <laughs> yes. perfect. Yeah. And now I got you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, people, a lot of different testimonies from people, but here are a couple of common ones. One is I hear people saying, I can tell that you wrote this with God. I can, I can tell that you wrote this with the father because um, they're experiencing God while they read the book. And that's not like clever author trick. Like I, I'm not that great an author. That's, that's the presence of God working through me and kind of coming after the reader. And so often I will hear from people, it felt like you were writing exactly what I needed to hear, or you were, you were saying things that I've thought or felt myself. And I attribute that to the Holy Spirit because he, he's a, the great teacher. He's the great comforter. And, uh, and he's, I heard from the Lord, Jamie, write this book. And some of the chapters, one, one particular chapter, literally, I wrote that chapter as he was teaching me about myself. It was, it was a chapter where I learned things about myself that I didn't know before I wrote that chapter. This is fascinating. So that's one thing is people identified, hey, I could tell that God was writing this through you because I was hearing it that way. The other thing that people say, and I don't take this, you know, personally, they'll say, you're not saying anything groundbreaking here. You know, you're not saying anything that I've never heard, but the way that you're saying it is, is hitting me in a different way and is impacting me in a different way. And I take that as a compliment. You know, there's the word of God is true. There's nothing new under the sun. But the angle that, I'm, that I've taken, apparently, is hitting people in a way that is, is unique. They're experiencing it as, as unique. And so, I, yeah, I've heard that from many people. They're like, you're not really saying anything sort of novel. It's all biblical. This is, you're, just, you're just basically going through scripture and telling us you know, what the Bible says. But the angle that, that is coming is hitting people. So, and, and folks saying, hey, I read this. I loved it. And then I bought it for my kiddos and my grandkids. I bought it for my wife. I bought it for my husband. They're just sharing with others because they're experiencing God in the text. And we'll have a link in the show notes to the book and you can get a hold of it as well. Of course, I highly recommend it. If I brought Jamie on here, you know, I like the book and I like the message and I'm even blessed more to getting a chance to talk with you. Uh, and listeners are saying, I want that relationship mm. with God. 
maybe they're driving right now and they're hearing this and they're saying, ah, that's what I really want. And, or maybe they're on the treadmill or wherever they might be listening to this podcast and they're saying, I want that. Give our listeners a starting point. Yeah. I think the starting point is with God himself. You have to realize the father, son, and Holy spirit want you more than you want them, him to want you. I, I know I said that in a weird way, but God wants you more than you realize. I think that's a huge thing for us. I mean, literally, he created us. And then we were when we rebelled against him, he literally came in flesh to die for us. And so for you that's, that's listening right now, you need to understand, uh, regardless of what you've heard, maybe from other preachers or teachers, the Bible is clear. The Father loves you and delights in you. And he has shown that love in Jesus. So I think the starting point for us is to really, really come to grips with either God so loves me or not. And, and am I going to believe that or not? And then secondly, I would say, ask Jesus to make that truth real to you. So ask Jesus and ju you just be totally honest. I, that's another thing. Just be honest with God. He's a big boy. He doesn't mind your frustration. He doesn't mind you. He wants our authentic self. So I would, if I'm frustrated about not experiencing the love of God and experiencing friendship, I would look at Jesus and I'd say, Hey, I listened to this podcast. I listened to this dude talk. And uh, Jesus, I want that kind of relationship with you. I hear that you love me. I want to experience that love. I want to know that love, not just in my mind, but in my heart. I would be straight up with God and I would tell him that you want to experience this kind of relationship. And then thirdly, so one's mindset. Secondly, I would be brutally honest with the Lord. And thirdly, I would open up the scriptures, start in the gospels. I would open up the scriptures, I would start reading, and I would be asking, maybe even read a line or two, and then ask Jesus, show me. Show me who you are. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me who you are. It's in the text. It's the Spirit of God and the Word of God that transforms us. So as we're looking at Jesus, and the Spirit of God is transforming us from the inside, that's where transformation is happening. I begin to yield to the Word and obey the Word. So go to the text and keep coming after Jesus in the text. Like, don't stop. I think that's a big thing. Just don't stop. And um, get around people that are on fire. Get around people that are experiencing the Lord. Um, and he wants you more than you realize. I'm so, so once glad you, you talked that, about the fact that just be honest with him, open up the scriptures and say, show me. Because we can be in this whole thing of performing and doing things. If I do this, this, and this, I will get close to God, but Hey, it's the Holy spirit working in us. It's not us. That's trying to achieve that. Even though we think we can sometimes. So I, I like the way you turn that around and, and God needs to be in the center of it. Jesus needs to be there. The Holy spirit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any closing words for our listeners? What's really been resonating with me. And I, and I hope this will be an encouragement for you all is I've just been thinking again about Ephesians 2. Literally, before God created anything, anything, before he spoke time into being, like he started time, like God created time. Uh, before he even created time, the Father's heart was for you. And he has plans for you. He has things that he wants to do with you. He has things that he wants to reveal to you. So you got to understand, this is an eternal God who has plans for your life. So today, like if you're driving, if you're taking a walk, whatever you're doing, the creator of the universe has plans for you today. So it's just a matter of saying, okay, well, if you've got plans, then tell me what that is. And, and it could be that it, your plans that you have scheduled for the day, he wants you to do those, but he just wants to do those with you. He wants to be with you as you go about your day. So I just want to encourage you, whatever you're doing today, bring the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into that activity and walk on this adventure with the Lord. He wants to be friends with you. And so uh, I just encourage you with that. Uh, walk with Jesus. Whatever you're doing, walk with Jesus today. Excellent. Jamie, thank you for sharing your heart. And uh, the, the joy, I can tell the joy, the way you, the way you say things, I know the joy is there. This is not an academic experience. So thank you. No, thank you, John. I really appreciate that. Well, there you have it. Another great conversation. Jamie Moore, thank you for spending time with us. And 
I encourage you to get the book, Friendship with God. Go get it. Got a link in the show notes. Read it. Um, tell me what you think of it. And, and as we come away from this interview, my big point, which I try to make one big point each week, isn't a point. This week, it's a question. And it's a question for you and me as I reflect on this interview and as you do too. The question is this, how can I develop a better friendship with God? How can I develop a better friendship with God? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. So get a hold of me. Uh, let me know. There's a link to my email address and my show notes. You can tweet me at John Fugler. Let's talk about that. This is really important. Friendship with God. As we talk about knowing Christ, this is, it's huge. So if you would do that, think about that. Let me know what your experience as you think about and pursue developing a better friendship with God. We're in this together, okay? Let's not just let this rest and go on to something else. Let's, as individuals and even as a community, let's pursue friendship with God. I get a number of of questions and comments from listeners, and I thought this one was appropriate that a listener sent me. He tore out some pages from a devotional he was reading, and I, I found what he sent me really appropriate for the topic this week. And this little segment says, the Apostle Paul taught communities of believers how to live together. When he did that, he always began with a reminder of God's forgiveness, mercy, and love in Christ. You've been loved. He reminds them in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. So it's only natural to walk in that same way of love with others. That's good. And so the, there's loving God and there's loving others. A couple verses here that were in the devotionally sent to me, the couple pages. First Chronicles 16, 34, we know this one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And loving others, the verse that he sent me was actually one of Nuni's of my favorite verses. We memorized this. It's not too long. And we keep coming back to it. Well, we're going to come back to it now. <laughs> A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. So I thought this tied in when we're talking about friendship with God, we're talking about friendship with others, and thank you for sending this in. And I would encourage you to send me your thoughts or questions as you listen to the podcast. Maybe something hit you even today. Go ahead and shoot your comments to me and maybe even send me part of your devotional (laughs) if you need to. Well, let's share this and we'll share it with others too so we can learn together how we can know Christ better, how we can know Christ better. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Philippians 3.8. And then two verses later, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. We all need a place where we can go to know Christ together. It's not just an individual thing. We need a community of believers. Fresh Faith 24-7 could be that place for you. It's not a church, no, and you need to be investing in a church. You need to be there. But it's a community of believers who are, who are desperate to know Jesus, and we do it together. Find out more at freshfaith247.com. As we close, just with these words, Cultivate your friendship with God. It is a great adventure. We'll talk to you next week.